0: Two guys, two topics, two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
1: Gordon, uh, Stephen A. Smith had some comments about the Utah Jazz. And, uh, of course, that was a big topic yesterday, and I'm sure it will continue to be until we see basketball once again. And we talked about Rudy's comments on Instagram. Stephen A. Smith of ESPN waited on uh, them this morning.
0: If there is still any kind of rift, it's likely because Donovan Mitchell and others inside that locker room expressed, uh, you know, previously to Rudy Gobert. Yo, man, we're not playing. This is serious. Stop, Stop playing around. And he kept playing around and was dismissive of their feelings leading up to Donovan Mitchell contracting the coronavirus. That might be the issue. Um, Outside of that, I can't imagine any circumstances under which Donovan Mitchell would still hold a beef with Rudy Gobert. He's a real good brother. And in fairness to Rudy Gobert, again, when he when he made the mistake, we all got on him because it was immature and it was insensitive. And we all Mm -hmm. know that. But since that time. He has a, uh, embraced the level of seriousness that it deserves, um, and he has done all he could uh, to make amends for it. And, and if we're decent human beings, just accept that and move forward.
1: What do you think from your old friend there, Stephen A. Gordo? Uh,
0: well,
2: it, it, to me, it's 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 deeper than just that. Uh, I think there are other underlying factors to this thing. It's not just about this one thing. But I do agree with uh with uh steven and uh in this regard both of these guys are character guys do they have egos yeah they got egos come on man when you're when you're playing in a game in the best league in the world and you're relatively young you're going to have an ego and these guys probably wouldn't be where they are right now if they didn't have great pride and a, and a, a good-sized ego But I I do think that they are mature enough to, to work through this thing. The question is, how do their games complement each other? And there are other things to consider beyond just the uh, COVID-19 consideration.
1: Good tease, Gordon. In fact, we'll get to that uh, at the top three o'clock hour. Mannix talked about how those uh, games fit together yesterday uh, when he was on the show. I I, um, I generally agree with what Stephen A. had to say right there. I, You know what? It's in everybody's best interest to put it behind him, including Donovan. And we're still waiting to hear from Donovan and maybe, you know, silence... Uh, you know, says a lot about the whole thing, I don't know. Uh, but it's in Donovan's best interest to to figure it out with Rudy Gobert, and I think Rudy has certainly shown willingness uh, on his end to, to do that. I don't think that's the issue, and I agree with Stephen A. Smith. You know, hey, we all make mistakes, and if we get focused on, on Rudy's behavior leading up to it, something he's been very, very contrite for, uh, you know, uh, you got to get over that, right? I mean, they've got to do that. Donovan's going to sign a max deal with the Utah Jazz because it's in his best interest to do so, and people are going to figure it out because it's in everybody's best interest. And I, I think that remains true right now.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that, and but they do have to find a way to to both be satisfied with what's happening on the court, not from a competitive standpoint, because you don't want anybody satisfied until they're winning championships but from a standpoint of playing together, complementing one another's games, uh, helping one another out, uh, joining in with the other teammates. Uh, As we talked about, it doesn't have to be kumbaya around the campfire, but it, it does need to be a solid, working sacrifice for one another kind of atmosphere. And I think both these guys are capable of doing that in spite of everything we already said. And the other thing about it is that that they, uh, I, 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 I'm not saying these guys are angels or anything like that, but I, I, I think they've learned something from this experience. I think Rudy Gobert is learning from this. Uh, he may have had some blind spots as far as the way he, he, his personality was, and we've talked about how he spoke out about wanting the ball more and all that. I think, I think this is a way to learn. And if both of these guys learn from this experience, then they could not only be better people, better players, but they could uh, coexist better with maybe more of a giving kind of attitude. Do you think that's Pollyannish, or do you think that could be true?
1: Um, no, I, I don't think it's Pollyannish. I, I think it could be true. I, I actually think there's an easy, not-so-easy solution to all of this. But, again, it's easy, not-so-easy. I mean, one thing Boy. that would certainly solve it is just pay Rudy because then he doesn't feel that pressure where he has to be this offensive dynamo and he'll fall in line a little bit and donovan can take you know 25 shots a game and it's not going to matter because i don't think donovan's going to pass up some sort of max extension with the utah jazz which buys everybody time but you know if some of this stems from rudy feeling the pressure that he needs to be the superstar if he gets paid i bet it alleviates some of that but the question is whether he's worth it and that's I mean, the the crux of the problem altogether, right? Or, or Or so it would seem.
2: Well, Jazz management needs to figure that out and decide. But if they do pay Rudy and they do pay Donovan, then those guys individually and together have to get better. They have to get better. Well, that's the what jazz- the Jazz
1: would be betting on. If that's the the direction that they go. I mean,
2: Donovan Mitchell's 23 years old. You would expect him to get better. You would expect him to become more savvy. You would expect him to read and recognize things on the floor better. You would expect him to have better judgment. He's a smart guy. He's a capable person uh, to, to, to assimilate what he needs to learn in order to be better. And, uh, and and same thing with Rudy. And we've seen a trajectory with Rudy where he is getting better, seems to be getting better. At some point, he'll probably level off and he should be coming into his prime over the next two or three years. So yeah, uh, they, but if you're going to, if those are going to be max players, then they have to match the performances of max players on other teams if they truly want to contend in the West. They have to match that, and that is a big, big <laughs> responsibility, and it's it's a big request. I, how good is is Donovan Mitchell going to be? Hmm. Can he be at a superstar level? Uh, can he be? Can Rudy uh, Gobert uh, offer enough beyond just defense to make himself worth that, so that he is the match of of the best player on other contending teams that that's what needs to happen. If those guys are paid like the other guys are.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I, the one wild card in all of this, Gordon, in, in my opinion, and why, uh, Don, Donovan silence is so deafening in a way is, is Donovan the type of guy who's going to cut off his nose despite his own face. Now I wouldn't think that, I mean, that's not the persona he, he puts out there, but, you know, is he the type of guy to leave in free agency and go to Boston and deny for less money and deny the Jazz a Trade exception? You know, because that because that type of personality, it, you, you never know. Right. I mean, whatever, the, not- whatever the grievance with Rudy Gobert is, I mean, is he the type of guy that that would blow it up just despite it all? Doesn't seem like that type. Or I wouldn't we, think so either. But we, we all haven't heard from we, him.
2: Yeah, we don't know Donovan uh, at, a, at a super personal level. But yeah, that's not that's not the image he's worked hard to build. And so, whether he has some desire to play under the bright lights in, in a huge market, I I don't know. I I don't know whether he has that. But he certainly has talked about wanting to. Uh, work together with his team and to be uh, a good citizen. Remember in his rookie year when I asked him if he was going to become a jerk? And he uh, he laughed and he said, no, my mom would kill me if I did that. So, you know, uh, I guess we'll find out if he is what he seems to be.
1: Well, people's definition of uh, jerk tends to evolve over the years. <laughs>
2: It's situational, is it
1: like punting? <laughs> I, I, it's it's like a lot of things. I think yes, it is much like punting. That is that is correct. Now, Austin and I were laughing about another AJ story today off uh, off the air. Now is I can't it remember
2: one, it. Is it one you can share?
1: Oh well, he just he. Oh no, I remember. He he had uh, some phone screening issues uh, for a, a longer period than really it should have taken. That's all. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> had had trouble spotting a print color that phone gate was wide open for a couple of weeks yeah. Yeah, it was it was not being uh, he was not uh, taught the proper yep, technique. come on in uh, yeah, he was, if you
2: if you if you missed yesterday's uh sounds uh, uh of various uh, clips then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now but uh that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? You got to listen to those. I That's know you've
1: got to check into sounds of various clips. Bril- Every day, five thirty, brilliantly titled. Right <laughs> I, <yeah>. Sounds <laughs> of various clips. What, what are we, we calling? Of various I don't know. Clips. What are we calling that? It's been a month since we've been doing it, pretty much. <laughs> There's four words. <laughs> it's, uh,
2: you know, uh, what's in a name.
1: Well, we've been calling it "drops of the day" for quite some time now. All right, drops but I of the do day. prefer sounds of various <laughs> clips. The sounds of various clips, or whatever it Tune is. Tune in Tro- five thirty. Drops of the
2: day, whatever. I do know that our, our that the one uh, uh, feature that we have now is called "What's Going On." I do know that.
1: Yeah, good, yay! Oh, that 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 makes me happy, Gordon. That's that's <laughs> that's terrific news for us. Yeah. Uh, for us as a show, all right. Uh, so there's Stephen A. Smith on on what he had to say. I actually thought Gordon a, a fairly rational, level-headed take, uh, take from Stephen A. For once.
2: Yeah, he left out the part that of uh, the part of melding their games together and and having a good attitude about that. But but he was talking specifically about the COVID nineteen deal. So uh.
1: Uh, let me ask you this, Gordo: Are you uh, in? Are you going to make this uh, Michael Jordan documentary must see TV for you at uh, apparently uh, it starts airing this Sunday on ESPN but uh, is this something you're you're clicking on the old DVR
2: I'll probably be interested in something like that. I I don't generally must see. I I I don't really follow that regimen but uh but if I watch it and like it then I'll keep watching it. Yeah.
1: I think you know what I wasn't even that big of a Michael Jordan fan when I was when I was growing up. Of course I could uh, you know appreciate his airness and uh, as good as he was at at, at basketball, but it isn't it, I I I want to see how real ESPN is with this whole thing and how real Michael Jordan is because like the, you know, there's the, the McDonald's commercials with the horse and space jam. And if I could be like Mike and all this, this marketed persona that we had never seen before. Right. I mean, this money generating sponsor machine. And we (laughs) saw that side of Michael Jordan. And then you, you always got a little glimpse at the, you know, you heard the rumors about him punching out Steve Kerr and you've heard the, the, the rumors about the gambling and I mean there's this whole side of Michael Jordan that I don't feel like anybody knows or or got a glimpse of including basketball Michael right? You know what kind of teammate that he was. So I wonder I, I'm curious which persona uh, gets most of the spotlight on ESPN's uh, uh, documentary but The Athletic did a, a little bit of a preview and did interview Michael and he said this he said quote when people see this footage I'm not sure they're going to be able to understand why i was so intense why i did the things i did why i acted the way i acted and why i said the things i said and he uh, he went on to see, say that people are going to think he's a horrible guy quote i'm a horrible <laughs> guy unquote so maybe we are going to see a little bit more of what the the real michael jordan was all about
2: Well, uh, well it's kind of tell the truth You got to tell the truth or else it just doesn't have any value to it right i mean i know that a lot of people are hesitant to do that or they don't want to see uh the warts uh alongside with all the other good stuff but you got to in order to fully understand a human being there's no power in in it if it's fictional in my opinion and so while it might be painful for uh michael to to watch himself portrayed a certain way um if he knows in his heart that it's right on the money then you gotta shrug and say yep that's what that's what made me who i am that's and you can't argue with the results really can you
1: no but I mean I, I think that's what part of what made the Michael Jordan story so complex is that he turned into this marketing machine where nobody you know he had the he had the great smile you know and he he endorsed everything under the sun and everybody thought, man I've got to go get me some McDonald's french fries because MJ just did a great commercial I mean he, we had never seen anything like that before the closest thing that came was was Arnold Palmer right who was an extremely marketable athlete but then all of a sudden we've seen that taken to new levels with Tiger Woods and LeBron James and, and the examples go on and on. But Mike had this, this, you know, what you saw as opposed to what was and it was always kept so separate. Right down to, remember his famous quote, Republicans buy sneakers too. Like he was never going to get political. He was never going to, to damage the brand. We had never seen that in sports. I mean, that in and of itself is a fascinating story, let alone how he was able to compartmentalize his life like that.
2: Well, he had, he, he had a lot to work with, you know. I have never seen an athlete in all my days of, of covering sports and watching sports and being aware of sports in previous uh, decades. Uh, the two, the two uh, individuals who come to mind, and, and they were different as far as this marketing goes that you were talking about, but the two most charismatic figures – I can think of Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan. Now Muhammad Ali, I'm not I don't know how much he capitalized on his marketability, but he certainly had that charisma surrounding him. Michael Jordan was the best that ever was. And and he looked the part. You know, there wasn't he wasn't awkward. He wasn't uh uh, I mean, he, you look at him and you think, OK, that's the perfect basketball player. And he played like it. He looked like it. And that's hard. <laughs> that's hard. That's irresistible for a lot of people. Now, I know jazz fans kind of resistible for them. But uh, for most people, when you saw Jordan speak or walk or talk or play, you thought, wow. That's yeah. something extraordinary.
1: But, like, don't you think with, with Michael Jordan, his mentality made him what he, what he was, right? You, you know, you've, you've talked about it before, the ultimate competitor. Mm-hmm. It's why he was hard on his teammates. In this athletic piece, there's an example of of Michael. Uh, he's worried about what people are going to think about how he treated Scotty Burrell as this <laughs> kind of, you know, down-the-bench teammate one year where he apparently rode him pretty hard, you know. And that that side of Michael was not marketable, Right. And he was able to to keep that. I mean, that charisma, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is most brilliant people are, are really flawed in significant ways oftentimes. But those flaws are what make them who they are. Right. I mean, look at somebody like Ernest Hemingway, where he just left a wake of, you know, damaged lives behind him. And as he pursued what it was like to be this person that he portrayed in books, but it was he was brilliant and the best uh, that maybe you can make an argument, the best that's ever done it or, or certainly American that's ever done it. And so but it, it, it was the other stuff that made him who he was, which made him brilliant. Right. How much of that about what Michael Jordan, what it took to get there and his mentality that maybe isn't so pretty, but he was able to achieve it better than anybody else before?
2: Well, let's let's say it the way it is a lot. Not, not maybe not a lot, but some of these premier athletes are maladjusted oh They're yeah just 100 if they were well adjusted they wouldn't ascend to the heights they ascend to michael jordan was constantly trying to prove to everybody that he was the best and he was better than you he was better than yours even after he had done it time and time again he's still that fire still burning inside of him and that's that mental drive, was, it just wasn't fair because he was the most physically gifted and now he's the most mentally driven. How are you supposed to do that?
1: Well, that's how, how, you, suppose- you, that's how you end up best of the best. I mean, right. you think about anybody's particular field. How do you end up being the best of the best? There, there's, there's probably some mania in there somewhere, right? But
2: think about this for a second. If we took a poll of our listeners and said, how would you like to be like Mike? How, how would you like to have that kind of success? uh, Many, almost everybody would say, yeah, but in order to do that, if you had to take on that mentality uh, and and in some ways destructive, as you were talking about, Jake. Right. uh, Now, are you willing to do that? And some people that might give people pause. I, I, I know a lot of people who are very well adjusted and they're living, quote unquote, normal lives. They're being productive, but they're not exceptional. They're not the best in the world at what they do, but you know what? They might be happier.
1: Uh, let me put it in, in this perspective, Gordon, because I, I, I think you're on something. Look at, uh, look at the Williams uh, sisters, their family. If you kind of look into the way that they're raised, you probably wouldn't 100% approve of what old man Williams chose to do <laughs> to raise his daughters, right? I mean, it, I don't want to I don't want to slander somebody, but, you know, probably a lot of us parents would not go to those measures to raise tennis players. But yet he raised the two best, I mean, arguably best female tennis players of all time. Certainly in Serena's case, she has a a strong argument to make. I mean, that that is pretty remarkable. But were the ends worth the means? I I would I would be curious to get the Williams sisters honest answer to that.
2: Well, when you're, when you're the best female tennis player to ever play the game, it's, it would be hard for her to say anything, uh, well, I mean, any collective negative thing. But I, I wasn't willing as a parent to, to do what, what, you would, uh, you, what some parents, and in that particular case, that parent did to get his kids to, to get where
1: they got to. It didn't. It doesn't sound like being Earl Woods's son is the easiest thing in the world. Well, you know, this is something that, and, and I've talked a lot about this.
2: Parents who have their kids playing sports and they want them to 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 get a college scholarship, or they they want to go pro, or they, they think they do, and so they push their kids hard. And in some cases, these parents are are investing. Uh, you know, a decent amount of money and giving their kids opportunities to do these things. You're going to think about this long and hard before your kid gets involved, because it's not always fun. It's 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 it can be grueling at times. And are you willing to pay that price? And do you want to pay that price with your kid? And, And what happens when your kid doesn't want to do it? You know, or wants to goof around with their kids, wants to play some video games or something. Are you willing or do you think it's appropriate to go in and say, hey, Sally, get out there on the court or, you know, go run some laps or or, or go play for six hours a day? Are, Are you willing to? enforce that and are you willing to maybe rupture your relationship with your kid in order to make it happen these are real questions and it's stuff that parents need to think about and kids need to think about it too before you get involved are you going to do it for fun or are you going to do it as a business you're going to do it as your profession watch the marinovich 30 for 30 that'll change oh, right. your perspective right. in a 2nd yeah. couldn't even eat hamburgers right or something yeah. crazy like that i mean yeah. Uh, and what if there I, was no? What if there was no fortune attached to the end here? What if it was just? What if Michael Jordan made twenty grand a year, but was the greatest to have ever done it? Would people want that life still?
1: Would it have been worth it? Yeah, that's what I mean. All it took well, to get there.
2: Because I think people would say, "I'll do it. I'll take his life on because of the money." But if you took the money away, no.
1: right? Hmm. All right. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty of the zone.